Welcome to Her Stories, a series of podcasts showcasing the diverse expertise, wisdom, and courage of the members of the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network, presented by peace activist Magda Zenon. In each episode, recorded during the coronavirus social isolation period, a different mediator shares her story. Hello, this is Magda, and today on Her Stories, we have Swad Shalabi, an Egyptian diplomat and an expert on sustainable development and women, peace and security. Welcome, Swad. Thank you for inviting me. Swad, it's lovely to see you, even if it's virtually. Um, you have such an extensive CV that I think you should introduce yourself to the listeners and bring out the parts that you think are, impo- are important or the parts that reflect you the most. Who is Swad? Um, I'm a diplomat who started her career uh, more than 50 years ago. And uh, I, uh, the, the last uh, posts uh, were assistant minister to the foreign affairs. Uh, and I was ambassador to Finland and, Swaz- and Finland and Estonia. And before that, I was ambassador of Egypt to Mozambique and Swaziland. Okay. So... Um, my highlights of uh, the highlights of my career started maybe after I retired. <laughs> Very strange because I did not take one day of retirement and I uh, continued to do what I like to do, which is um, the, the issues of women, peace, and security. Uh, and um, I try, I started by um, uh, being a director of the Cairo Regional Center for Training of Peacekeeping and Conflict Resolution. Mm -hmm. And this was a dormant center for the past 20 years. And it started to become um, alive again uh, since I uh, took office in that and became uh, it became a very vibrant and very uh, international center mm-hmm. that is offering training courses for multi-disciplinary uh, uh, and multifunctional because it uh, it combines uh, military people, uh, security people, so uh, and civilians. And this um, I stayed in this uh, center for four five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I left it uh, in 2015, and it was uh, very uh, successful. And until now, it's one of the best um, training centers, uh, like um, pioneer training centers okay. in Africa and in the world. Um, in the, uh, during my time uh, as uh, director of this center, I... Um, I got uh, uh, a lot of opportunities that kept me even busier after I left the center. So um, I became a member of the Council of the International Humanitarian Law Institute in San Remo for 10 years, this by election. So um, I was also a judge of the military competitions. And this, I will talk about it more uh, specifically because I'm very interested about uh, the role of women in uh, conflict uh, areas and in peaceful 
times. So that is why I was uh, volunteering to become a judge in the military competition of cadets, um, academies of uh, military academies all over the world. They met uh, once every year in March uh, in the Institute of International Humanitarian Law and they competed on the uh, on the knowledge they know about the international humanitarian law. Can I, and this I will talk okay. about later. later. Because that's a, that's a very important part of 1325, the, the role of women exactly. and training in the military exactly. during and after armed conflict. Exactly. Okay. So I became um, a member of the also the TANA Forum. Um, I became member of the board of the TANA Forum for the past seven years. And this forum uh, combines um, the, the presidents, former presidents, former uh, former prime ministers of Africa, and also the present ones. So we meet every year in Tana, in Tana, uh, on the Tana Lake, to discuss uh, issues of security that uh, that are important for the world. Okay. Also, I was. Um, I, I was, uh, of course, I was a member, uh, I was also the founding member of the FEMWISE in the Africa region um, uh, and also a founding member of the Mediterranean Women um, Mediators uh, Network. Women Mediators Network. Now I'm also a founding member of the Arab Mediators Network. Uh, and uh, hopefully that uh, we we will... We have launched already the the international or the the global the, the, the global uh, mediators uh, the global women mediators networks, and uh, uh, hopefully we can celebrate um, the the twentieth anniversary of thirteen twenty five uh, this year. I hope even virtually we can do that, just like uh, the graduation ceremonies that had been cancelled <laughs> and they are doing it virtually maybe we will be able also to celebrate 1325 virtually as we do now uh, magda because i know you are one of the most uh, uh, prominent figures in cyprus well, uh, and you well, I, also I, I, i'm very i like you i'm very passionate about this woman peace and security agenda i think it's so underplayed i think yes. it's so important because we're living in a world with so much uncertainty and so much chaos and so much violence. So uh, to exactly. me, this agenda is so important and it's so important for me for us to pass the message that this is not for the benefit of women. This is for yes. the benefit of everyone. Of course. If they yeah. if they bring women to the table, if they bring women into the military, if they bring women into all parts of before, during and after the conflict, maybe we'll, we will avoid a lot of violence. But we will certainly have a system that should be more sustainable and should work better. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, okay, and, but, and like you, you part of FEMWISE, the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network, and now the Arab Network. I'm part of the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network and the Women Mediators of the Commonwealth. So I like the fact that but all these networks interconnect. Networks are interactive, yeah. Yes. And they connect exactly. and, and we gain from everyone because all the conflicts are similar but different. Exactly. And especially you and me are really uh, uh, representing 
uh, geographically uh, the the all the networks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also I've also been um, made an honorary member of Femwise because I'm South African born. So my sisters oh, in how <laughs> wonderful. so how my wonderful. sisters in South Africa or the woman in uh, that I've met in the African in Femwise have said to me, we must make you an honorary member because you are an yeah. African by birth. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Okay, but this is about you and not about me. So tell me more about um, Swad. Tell me more about the work you've done and the work that actually makes you passionate. That you that is the driving force or the f- work that you feel is the underlying work that we need to do in terms of women, peace, and security. Yeah. Well, uh, what I what I wanted to talk about is the military competition that is done every year in the Institute of Humanitarian Law where more than 25 military academies send their cadets to learn more about uh, the um, international humanitarian law, about the law of armed conflict, mm-hmm. and about NIAC, and about LOAC and, and NIAC. Okay. Uh, of course, um, as you know, that the world has changed since uh, uh, the past 70 years, uh, the, the Geneva Conventions have been the rule that is uh, governing the the conflicts during uh, war mm. time. But what uh, about uh, the conflicts that are taking place now? How are they um, uh, respecting the law? And how are they respecting the two major disciplinaries, the por- Proportionality. A proportionality, of, yes. Aywa, yes, and also the, um, the respect of religious religious uh, uh, places and uh, uh, civilian um, places. How uh, you know, like when there is a conflict, the, 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 nobody uh, gives a damn about where uh, the bombs are falling. No, yes, they and don't. This is uh, you. This uh, the the international uh, law of uh, humanitarian the international humanitarian law respects this kind of uh, of activities like the, during the war there has to be respect for the women respect for the children respect for schools respect for the mosques for the churches hospitals for all the places where uh, civilians are um, uh, there so that is why uh, when uh, when we did the, uh, when I was uh, uh, volunteering as a judge in this military co- competition, I used to um, to give uh, uh, the 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 teams who who were competing to give them high high scores when they are respecting the international humanitarian law and they know exactly what to do during the conflict. Uh, Can how, I interrupt? How to, uh, why have people forgotten to respect civilians? Exactly. Why that is why we have to revive this uh, humanitarian law because nobody is knows it. Nobody uh, respects it. Nobody uh, feels that this is important. Even during wartime, there are laws. There is, there, the you know, the, the, for for refugees, there are laws for refugees. There are laws for for the captured. You know, the, so Eternally the, there has to be a revival of this. And I, I think the Red Cross is doing a great job. They have they have courses, especially for all the countries in the world, and especially they have the gender-based violence 
the um, women, the mediation, uh, women, peace and security, all these uh, uh, issues are, have been discussed in, uh, in conferences. Uh, now they have a round table every, every September of each year. They have a round table and they discuss the, the evolution of the warfare and how it is affecting the civilians. Okay. Like, for instance, now there are drones, there are um, uh, different, uh, um, different war, war games that are been, have been played. And, and uh, the, who, are, who are suffering more are the civilians, the women, the children. Yes, and the children. And, and women are not given the right to uh, say how much they are suffering. They are not giving, uh, they, are, they don't take a place on the table for negotiation, for mediation. They don't have uh, um, uh, the right to uh, discuss their own problems. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Can you just repeat what you just, um, Swad, can you just repeat what you just said? Yes. Because I lost you for a while. Yes. And this brings us, this brings us to 1325, who I know both of us are very, um, uh, are very passionate about, and uh, we want to have um, to give the women in, all over the world, not only the Mediterranean area or Africa or Commonwealth or um, uh, northern countries, north, northern European countries. It's all over the world: Asia, Africa, Europe, Latin America. The women have to learn the rights. They have to learn the international humanitarian law. They have to know that uh, they, they and their families should be uh, avoided in the war times. The, uh, the militaries, in, uh, they have to, to get courses, military cadets all over the world. They have to learn how to lead a conflict without sufferings, without, with less sufferings of civilians. A war is a war. Yes, militaries fight together, but what about what is happening in Libya, for instance, mm. now? What is happening in Syria? And, and um, it is all spilling over all the other countries. So even if the people themselves, they want to have peace, they are not given the chance. The, the women in Syria, the women in Libya are silent because they don't have a chance to, to negotiate the peaceful resolution of their conflict. They, they, even if it is in a small province. They don't have the right to come to the table and tell people what actually happened to them as well to ensure exactly. that going forward that will be taken into account and there will be a framework that either protects them or trains them. Exactly. And this is the International Criminal Court is made for those who have uh, broken the law and who have have done major crimes against humanity. And this is, this has, the, the women of the world have to come out whenever there is a conflict, whenever they are suffering, whenever they are uh, having any kind of, uh, they, they are living, they are- Any disagreements. Demobilized and they live in camps. They, they have rights, mm. even during the war, even during the conflict, they have rights. And they don't know their rights. And this is why I'm saying that it is uh, what I learned after retirement, that when I focused very much on the women, peace, and security issues, 
I discovered that we are far from uh, practicing the law and the international humanitarian law should be our uh, target in order to uh, have all the women know the, the rights during the conflicts. But that's why when we the whole, what we need what we need to bring to the conversation is the many dimensions of what security means because when men talk about security they talk about armies they talk about borders they talk about um a division of power whereas when women bring to the table security they're talking about my body security my personal security the security of my family yes, and that's the security yeah, that they security keep. starts from home exactly for women security starts from home if if the woman is not secure at home in her family if her husband is abusing her or is he if he is uh if she doesn't get a fair treatment then she will um, she will be abused during conflicts mm. of course she will be raped and nobody will uh, will be able to save her because she has given up her rights from the beginning yeah. from being a, a, a child at home or a, or a student or a, a sister or a, mm. a daughter or a, a wife or a mother the the minute the woman uh, does not uh, know her rights and gives up her rights then it is over because she will always be abused all her life and she will be the the money making and the and the husband will be sitting doing nothing mm. Or going to uh, to war uh, to fight, uh, so it is it is the woman who makes the balance in the family, and it is the woman who has uh, to know her rights in order to keep her society in peace. Uh, I totally agree. We've got to bring the, the we've, women have got to get no women have got the voices of women have got to be heard. Yes, because every everyone's voices are important. So that's why we as women mediators and women peace builders need to push the women peace and security agenda because it's yeah. got to be understand understood by the decision makers that it's not a it's not, patriarchy doesn't work anymore yes exactly we need i i agree with you um that we need we as as uh, intellectual women who have worked all our lives and know exactly what are the problems which are facing women in our society, we should be um, uh, giving them the enlightenment, the, the, the push, the, uh, the, the giving them the light in the, in the dark mm. uh, tunnel that they are putting the light in front of them so that they know that there is uh, hope in the future. Uh, it's also But, a th- a side, I think it's also a case of if we come into the conversation at the peace negotiations, we will bring in a perspective yeah. that will balance, as you said, a perspective that will balance what's on the table. Yes. And then when it's put out, more people will understand what this peace negotiation, this peace plan is all about. Exactly. Look at every woman in every society. She wants to keep her, her, her family safe. Exactly. Safety and security is her priority. She will never go and and uh, and launch war to her neighbors just because she wants to keep her family together. Uh, so, are you a lawyer by profession, or what did you train? No, I trained as political science and economy. 
economics okay. and political science. But uh, I I did a master's in uh, in McGill University yeah, okay. in Canada. So I took some law courses. Okay. Um, tell me, if I had to ask you, what are your most, your strongest qualities? What qualities would you tell me you had? What is your the, your best qualities? Um, my I, from my point of view, I'm a very dedicated person. Okay. If I if I have um, an issue that I'm um, that I'm passionate about, I become very dedicated. I want to to help others. I want to uh, extend my experience to them. I like to share my experience with others. I like to. Uh, help the new generation because I feel that uh, this is an obligation for me because not only because I learned so much and I had a lot of experience and I was lucky to live in such a, um, a good uh, environment and a cooperative uh, family and uh, and I had a lot of opportunities that gave me the, the this opportunity to share with others what I learned. And that is what my personality is. That uh, whatever I know, I like to share with others. And I like to give to the new generation a new hope for the future. Well, I, I think we need to encourage the younger woman because they can learn from us, but we can learn from them as well. Because the world has changed. And there are sometimes yes. simpler ways of doing things or different ways of doing things. If we just look at social media, the way it's revolutionized, everything exactly. that is possible. Yeah. So you've got to have that intergenerational yeah. connection. Yeah, and I think you and I and and others also who have uh, who have uh, been able to link to the social media because some others are not linked. And you know that a big group of women are not linked so we have the this opportunity and we have to really spread the information spread the the, the knowledge that we know through social media and let them um, and reach try to reach them try to reach all the women who are in the villages who are mm. the grassroots the young ones and those the leaders who are there sitting uh, not knowing what is happening in the world, we mm. have to really tell them that uh, social media is one of the. Uh, look at now with the corona and the and the uh, lockdown. What are we using? We are using the social media exactly. because we cannot meet a person. We cannot meet face to face. We cannot meet in groups. So social media has a big role to play. It's also got a role to play the other way. It's a way that we can perhaps reach people that are not connected or get it as far as, but it's also a way of promoting the work we've done that is not getting to the decision makers. And that's where we exactly. all, because you know as well as I do that you've got to be at the decision-making level and at the grassroots level. We've got to link those two parts of the community because the decision makers need to know what the grassroots are doing and wanting. But we also need to tell them that we can help. And this is all the talent and expertise that's all around us. Yeah, exactly. That is um, my main issue. Tell me, Swad, uh, what is the what do you feel the networks will be offering, the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network? How do you feel it will contribute? What What is it for you? 
it's a very, very interesting uh, network because what we have started uh, two, three years ago has been uh, a demand from all the women around the world to become, listen, to, be, to have a voice, you know, women are, are not, um, are not listened to, they are, they just talk and talk and talk and then uh, there is, there are no decisions taken and even if decisions are taken, they are not implemented. Mm. So what this network wants to do or these networks are aiming at putting the right uh, decisions in the right uh, implementing or executing them. In, because many resolutions, United Nations resolutions or international conferences that take decisions, they, they are never implemented because there, are no there is no political will from the governments or from the upper uh, level of decision-making. They don't want to take decisions that involve women because they know that women are uh, going to turn the table mm. and and choose uh, other than the decisions that our men are taking. The men want to continue the conflicts because the conflicts are um, are spending more arms and ammunition and uh, and uh, and uh, economies are built on. That yes, but when women are taking the decision, they are going to put other priorities in their agenda, and this is the problem that we are facing. The 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 women mediators networks, whether it is in Africa, whether it is why did we all meet? Because we all have one goal, and we want to to influence the political will in order to involve more women as mediators, more women as peaceful negotiators, more women on the table, it's enough that uh, that we are not taking our share in the economics, mm. in the <laughs> politics, in, in all aspects in the society. But at least in when there is a conflict and we are suffering from the conflict and we, there are victims and the families are dispersed and demobilized they have to have a say they have to uh, to to decide the future of their country of their and future of their uh, families and of their of their society so i think the networks uh, are going to have a big role if they are able to reach to the top level of decision-making in the society, whether it is in Italy for the Mediterranean women, they are able to influence the Italian government. They have done very good job in order to, to lead this Mediterranean women mm. network. Also in Africa, the African Union has done a great job in order to uh, give uh, Femwise the lead in in the agenda 2063 for development, for economic, for women, peace and security. So women, Femwise is is doing a great job 
in the panel of, with, together with the panel of the wise. Other, other um, networks are also doing a great job because they are influencing their uh, government their, um, or their leaders, the leading level, mm-hmm. the leaders, yeah, their leaders in order to uh, give women a chance in order to lead uh, in the in the in the conflict areas in the resolution in the peaceful resolution of conflicts and this is what i feel is going to happen and i have a hope that the, the networks are going to to be influencing the um, leaders I, what i would also like the networks to be doing is to also show more clearly that peace negotiations are not only at the table. It's everything that mm. happens before and after and at different levels. So the the peace negotiating table must take into account not just what's happening at their level, but what's happening below. And I'm hoping the networks will bring of that. Course. I'm hoping the network will bring that more clearly to the table so that we can have more sustainable peace settlements. Tell me, if I asked you to tell me someone who is your hero, who's your role model, which woman would you choose? Um, I I was very much um, attractive or um, I I don't have a role model, but uh, I I have um, some personalities whom I really Uh, admire. Uh, admire, admire at how much they have a balance in their lives. So, for instance, Tarja Halonen, who is the president of uh, Finland, mm. I, I admire her very much because I was ambassador when she was president in Tarja Halonen. Uh, in uh, Finland, Tarja Halonen was the president during my time. And uh, she has... Uh, ran for tw- twice and she gave, I mean, for tw- twice was a, uh, two terms as a president and she was the leader of her party. Mm. And at the same time, she had a very successful uh, career before being a president. And after retiring, she's also doing a lot of uh, activities for women, peace and security. And she, when she comes to Cairo, I meet her and I'm, I tell her that I'm very much admiring her role in, in her life, in her, I mean, in her country and in the world because she is very uh, international. She's also a member of the, uh, of the honorary of the, um, of the special uh, mediator uh, uh, council that is uh, that the. Yeah, that the Secretary General okay. has formed uh, as an advisory board for him, women members of the advisory board okay. of the Secretary General. She, the Finnish one so is, I, it's an all-woman government, almost, the Finnish government. Excuse me? The, uh, the Finnish Prime Minister has... Mainly ah, women. Yes, yes, yes. Mainly yes, women. Yeah, uh, that's MAP. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, because of Tarja Halonen's success, they have <laughs> followed uh, 
Yeah, women uh, in Finland, actually, they have a very big role in society. Um, and they have, as I say, uh, the balance in your life as a woman is very important. It's very important. Because if you are a successful president and you have a lousy family life, you will uh, be uh, always criticized. Exactly. There's got to be and a- you will not be as successful as you you want to be. So the balance is very important in your family and in your lifestyle, in your um, in your society, in your I mean uh, entourage, uh, in your and then this becomes this becomes gives you a big step forward to uh, become a leader. Okay, we. Getting ready to close, I would like you to repeat the name of this institute with the the humanitarian law because I think that is so important. It's one of the most important parts of the Women, Peace and Security agenda that we've got to remember that within a conflict, we've got to protect the civilians. So what's the name of the institute again and do they have a website? It's Institute of International Humanitarian Law in San Remo. Okay. And it's it's been there for the past 40 years and it offers uh, training courses for women and for um, military, civilians. They offer all kinds of, of uh, training courses, more than um, 25 courses during the year. And uh, they, they, some of, many of them are, have scholarships. You can, okay. the young uh, women have can go and and uh, learn a lot about the rights of uh, the women in uh, in the time of conflict in during the conflict time, whether it is uh, whether she is a military or civilian or police or security or anything. They give courses on refugees on uh, so. Uh, so it's the International Institute of Humanitarian Law, and it's based in yeah. San Remo, and they it's obviously Remo, yeah. and they obviously do have a website. I'm assuming. Th- yeah. Okay. You can just uh, write I I H L, and you will get everything. So it's I I H L. Um, I'm being very, I'm very, being very specific about this because I, I think it's really, really important this humanitarian yeah. part because we have seen in the last few years such a big toll on the on the civilians of the world that people have forgotten yes. that they should be not they should not be aiming for them or at least being more protective of them is there anything else you want to say before we close this interview i'd like to thank you very much for giving me this opportunity and i i wish that uh, this uh, this talk will help a lot of uh, women who want to become leaders in their own society and not to have I, I don't want any woman who feels that she has a problem or she has uh, uh, any any weakness in in her in her personality she she feels that she is not able to overcome on the contrary I feel that every woman has potentials that she has not discovered yet and it, it is possible that um, each woman discovers what is good in her personality so she can become a leader to others and uh, be a model for uh, other women. So it is very important that you have self-satisfaction 
you have self-esteem, you have um, confidence in what you have, uh, what you are doing. Any job, in any job you are doing, you have to do it uh, good so that you become a role model for other women. Uh, Shwad, I thank you very much for that comment because I agree with you. There's Everyone has qualities that are useful. Yes. So everyone is good at something and they must remember you don't need to be good at everything, but you are definitely good at something and focus on that. And you're always good exactly. enough. You are always good enough. Yeah, exactly. You have to be perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you very much for ending this interview on such an inspiring and practical note. We are all good enough and we all have value and we can all contribute. So thank you very much, Swad, and I look forward to reconnecting physically as well. Thank you, Magda. Thank you very much and enjoy the summer as much as you can until we meet. The same to you, Swad, and, and have a lovely rest of the day. Sure. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Her Stories, please leave comments, suggestions and reviews and share with anyone you feel may find this equally interesting. A big thank you to our sponsor, UN Woman, and see you on the next episode.